Today, Planet Earth, Michael Litton, the last DJ, host of Ride the Vibe, playing what he wants to play and saying what he wants to say, broadcasting this wicked awesome show from DRS ATL Studios in Roswell, Georgia. Wahid Gomes, my friend, the proprietor of the studio at the controls, working the technology. It would not be a Ride the Vibe show. In particular, this one wouldn't be a Ride the Vibe without Wahid's brilliance because we've got, uh, we've got the uh, writer and songwriter, uh, singer of the intro and outro for this show, Better Late Than Never. We've got Peter Perkins and his mate of 50 plus years, John Hartford, with the Cedar Run Band. And they're remoting in from the Cape, Peter in Peter's case, and from Pittsburgh, PA, in John's case. And that took a little doing, y'all. So uh, we're, we're totally <laughs> stoked that that's happening. And for uh, Cedar Run's fans that are legion and growing, y'all, the way we roll this show is we ask you to sit back in a comfortable environment and get a beverage of your choice. In the studio, the last DJ's featuring a little cat head honeysuckle vodka from our friends down in Mississippi, the oldest... Uh, distillery there in Mississippi. And for you uh, that may not know, cathead is a term that was used as a compliment first coined back in the day by blues musicians. So the last DJ would say of the Cedar Run Band, they are catheads. Peter and John, welcome y'all. <laughs> cathead um, back at you, Michael. Thank you, right? <laughs> Same here, Michael. Oh my gosh, what a treat. I've been looking forward to this for a long, long time. It's fun to be here. Always good to talk to you. We, we go back a few years. Yeah, together. amen to that. Well, you and John have been playing music together for 50 years. Talk about, you know, how that got started just a little bit at the, at the top. I don't remember the first time, Pete. Uh, it was probably at your house at one of your Memorial Day parties. I'm, and I'm the, guessing the Fourth of July, yeah, Fourth of July, of July party. party. Uh, yeah, that yeah. Perkins always had the the best Fourth of July parties, uh, and I remember playing on a flatbed. Oh no way! Um, doing um, Tennessee Stud <laughs> with you. Uh, do you yeah. remember that? I do remember that. Uh, yeah. That was when, uh, so so that would have been like uh, early seventies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's when we started playing together uh -huh, uh -huh. and, um, and did you know, did you, was there a chemistry, you know, right from the get go kind of thing or did it grow or both? Oh, both, you know, sort of my recollection is that everybody we knew played the guitar ah, just about. Yeah. And so we would gather and play and then we sort of sifted out to Johnny and I doing harmonies and yeah. kind of found some stuff we liked uh, and, but, couple other guys that played with us a lot, Will yeah. Weir and Paul Anderson uh, mm -hmm. in those days. And um, it just kind of grew. Uh, yeah. Well. Played a lot of private parties at parties. We'd pull our guitars out. Yeah. And, and then everybody would kind of join in and trade songs. And... Um, yeah, we all played with a lot of different people. People, Pete was in uh, a couple of bands. I was in a couple of bands. Yeah. Uh, I actually uh, grew up down the street. My first inspiration was um, uh, I lived right down by Chris France, uh -huh. and I and his younger brother was uh, one of my best friends, Roddy France, and I used to sleep over at their house and. That's As you know, the drummer uh, from the Talking Heads. Oh, yeah, wow. Chris. Cool. Uh, Thank you, Peter. Ends up going yeah. to New York and yeah. hooking up with uh, all those guys. Becomes a huge, huge rock star. Yeah. Um, but I was always impressed by the the garage jams he would have. Mm -hmm. You know, he'd have he'd have saxophones and um, mm. and female backup singers, and mm. I just thought he was the coolest thing. <laughs> a good role model. You know? Yeah, and and, and then I run into Peter Perkins, and I was like, "Wow, this guy's right. <laughs> well, you, <laughs> just gets better." John, you know, you, you know, Peter was infamous in uh, Boulder, Colorado, for being the lead singer for Bad Bob and the Bombers. I I heard that story. <laughs> yes, they had you, you guys would all dress up in costumes, wouldn't you, Pete? <laughs> oh yeah, fifth yeah fifties yes. uh, outfits. Pit. Baby blue suits we all had. Oh, we got they, came they look sharp too. 
Well, so Cedar Run, you all, and then you've got uh, Joe Birch and then uh, Mitch Swan. Is that, do I have that right, John? And Mitch Pete? Swain. Swain? Yeah. 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 Joe was um, somebody uh, that we ran into actually through Paul Anderson. Okay. We were out at Paul's farm yep. playing, and Joe was invited by Paul, and uh, we had never met before, and we all pulled out our guitars, which we did at Paul's Farm a lot. Yeah. And we started singing. Um, I remember we, we were doing a Simon and Garfunkel song, and we kind of looked at each other, and we were like, wow, that sounds pretty good. Maybe we ought to keep doing this. That sounds like the story of Crosby, Stills, Nash, sitting on Cass Elliott's uh, porch. Same kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Well, I want to cue up this song that it, you wrote this, Peter 21. Is that, is that, do I have that right? Uh, yep. Yeah, I have some friends involved with the uh, Clementi Museum. Good. And they uh, asked me to write a song, and yeah. Johnny and I actually played it there for one event. Oh, I love uh, it. Well, I want to cue this up, and we'll play it in its entirety, because I just think it's so spectacular. And this is a tribute to Roberto, the great one, Roberto Clemente. So, Wahid, if we could cue up 21. Kid back in Pittsburgh, PA, dunking my best friend at my door every day. The ball and a bat and an old Rawlings glove, and off to curfew we would go. We all had our baseball heroes back then. The Bucks boys of summer were some mighty fine men, and the one held highest the true best of show was the great one Roberto he played for the Pirates and he wore 21 he ran like the wind had an arm like a gun four batting titles and 12 golden gloves the great one Roberto Step up to the plate, keep your eye on the ball Don't hesitate to swing for the wall Give it all that you've got, run fast and stand tall Like the great one, Roberto well, The Bucks won the pennant in 71 Thanks to Roberto's Game 7 home run At the top of his game he was second to none The great one, Roberto When you hit your 3,000th in 72 No one could have guessed as we all cheered for you You were in your last inning, your game nearly through Soon you would be called away That New Year's Eve while delivering relief Your plane disappeared much to our disbelief Left the city of Pittsburgh adrift in its grief Mourning the loss of Roberto Step up to the plate, keep your eye on the ball Throw you some curves, but swing for the wall. And if you can help others, then answer the call like the great one, the mighty Roberto. Now he plays for the Angels, but not in LA. He remains a pirate to this very day. In the grandstands of heaven, you can hear the Lord say, That's the great one, Roberto. That's the great one, the mighty Roberto. Back on Rye 
the vibe, Michael Litton, the last DJ, playing what he wants to play and saying what he wants to say. And in this case, getting a rare treat. Y'all are hearing that song for the first time. That's 21, written by Peter Perkins, one of the uh, members of the Cedar Run Band, along with his mate, John Harford. And uh, that is a tribute to Roberto Clemente. Just a spectacular song, Pete. Congratulations. And talk about what your hopes are for that song and when it's going to be officially out there in the, in the public domain. Uh, the guys at the museum um, have put together uh, an, a sound engineer and a, a videographer, and they're putting out a, a music video that's due out the end of the month. And then hopefully we'll get the Pirates and maybe Major League Baseball to play it for the uh, seventh inning stretch on Clemente Day, which is September 15th throughout the league. Only fitting, given he hit that home run in the seventh inning, right? So that would be... Yeah. That'd work out all the way around. Well, what a great song, and we're blessed and honored that uh, we had the chance to feature that here. Love it, and man, oh, man. Good stuff. Thank you. And with that museum, talk about the museum a little bit, Pete. What is that? It's open now, and... Yeah, there's a, a guy named Dwayne Reeder who was a sports photographer, um sort of semi-famous sports photographer, somehow got a hold of Clemente's um, widow and, and convinced her to let him have all his memorabilia to start a museum. Mm. So it's on loan from the Clemente family, but uh, he has a really cool fire engine house uh, in Pittsburgh yeah. that is loaded with uh, all of this stuff on display, very nicely displayed. Mm. And then he supports it. He's also a vintner. It's an, he's an interesting guy. And he sells casks of wine ah. that he makes, which is really good wine yeah. um, to support the museum, among other things. Ah. And then, so the, the museum is a combination museum and then uh, they sell the wine there as well? They do. And, they, uh -huh. and he'll, he tries to sell kegs. And his clientele, Eddie Vedder's got a keg there. Uh -huh. um, uh, lots of sports. So you buy a keg skills. and then you and I as just Joe Blows can go up and say, hey, I want the Eddie Vedder wine. Is that? Well, they, he does sell bottles of wine out of the, out of the uh, museum too. And I don't know if you could ask for the Eddie Vedder. Yeah, that might yeah. be up to Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, you know, like Springsteen has tried to get there. All the major league baseball teams spend the evening there. He's got a really cool basement with, uh -huh. Just a cool place to hang out. Yeah. And so a lot of people that come to town, celebrities yeah, like to go there go just there. to hang out. Wow. Now, have you, has Cedar Run played, played there? Uh, not as a band, but I've played with Johnny there and I've played with Joe there. Ah, so okay. we've, uh, we've sort of danced around. for Joe and I played there for a fundraiser yeah. that actually Joe was called in on. I'll be darned. And that, that was um, independent of the museum. They just used the wow. museum as a venue. Now, how did uh, the opportunity present itself, Peter, to, to do the song? Uh, I, again, I have some friends there, and one of the guys on the board called me and said, hey, would you write a song for the Clemente? For Clemente? Yeah. yeah. And so I, I did, and they, uh, they like it. The, uh, the owner told me, he said he's, he's had 25 songs submitted over the years, but this was the one that he, that he liked. Wow. 25 in tribute to Roberto, and they only and they picked yours. Yep. Man, oh, man. So uh, they, they're, and I've played there, I think, three times now. The yeah. last was on the anniversary of his death, yeah. New Year's Eve this year. Yeah. And uh, Steve Blass was there. Franco was supposed to be there mm. uh, as a speaker, but he died a couple of days before mm. the event. Mm -mm -mm. So. It's just crazy. I mean, you look, you know, outside of the of Roberto's tragic death in the plane, but you know, then all the musicians that have perished in private yeah. planes and helicopters and such, etc. But we don't want to go down that road because that would be too morbid on a on a ride no. the vibe uh, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that's why Cedar Run doesn't travel by private plane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it. I got it. That's very, it. <laughs> very wise of you guys. And I don't believe Bad Bob traveled that way either, did they? <laughs> you were not. You were in a, a '50s Cadillac, I think. Well, I want to queue up. People have heard it uh, over the last. I think uh, you know we started using this as an intro and an outro, Peter. You were gracious uh -huh. enough to accommodate Wahid and I uh, with your song, Better Late Than Never. But Thank we've only, you know, we only play like a minute, right? 
So I'd like to, mm-hmm. I'd like to uh, play the whole song in its entire and then come back and talk about that track and how blessed uh, Rod the Vibe is to be using it and how prophetic it is and just unbelievable. So if, if we could, Better Late <laughs> Than Never by Peter Perkins. For the dog and me I finally got around to laying them down And I cut myself a little CD Now my friends, they tell me it's pretty good stuff Should have done this years ago Better late than ever Though I doubt I'll ever hear my songs on the radio Now here's to the friends that I had in school to be close as kin Graduation day we all drifted away And scattered like leaves in the wind Down through the years we just lost touch As we went our separate ways Better late than never Let's all get together Drank to the good old days Now time rolls by Faster than by Peter Perkins off his debut album. And Peter, what an honor to have that song. You you had no idea I was doing this podcast and I had no idea you were doing that uh, album. Yeah, kind of a crazy coincidence, but it sort of sums up both of our points of view on music and um, and the DJ scene these it, days. It's unbelievable, really, Peter. I just, I, I, I get the chills. And that, uh, you know, we only play a minute at the, at the beginning of the show and the, and the end, so... This was the first time we played it all the way through. And you've got, uh, that was uh, Brian Berline on that fiddle. Is that right? Yep. Uh, Byron, I'm down in um, Oklahoma. Yeah. Crazy coincidence. And um, he was kind enough to play. I met him. I, I 
I'll tell, tell the story quickly. Yeah. I was in a, invited to a national quail hunt and it's called the National Celebrity Quail Hunt. And uh, some, some reason a friend of mine invited me down. Yeah. And uh, they had a house band. This guy stands up and plays fiddle like I've never heard before. Yeah. And at the end, I come up, I go, wow, that is fantastic. Do you do that for a living? Yeah. And his response was, yeah, you know, uh, honky tonk woman, I did that. <laughs> so I said, oh, what's your name? And when he said his name, I, you know, I recognized who he was because yeah. I, I was a, a reader of liner notes yeah. back in the day. Yeah, back in the day, Peter. Notes. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, we, I had a real nice chat with him. He told me about playing with Stephen Stills oh and, you know, everybody. He yeah. played with everybody, literally. Yeah. At the end, I said, you know, I'm this little closet musician guy and I might record some songs yeah. uh, sometime soon. Would you be willing to play? He said, sure, just mm. send them down. So I, I did a couple of years later and he still did it. It was very nice of him. Wow, that's just unbelievable. Well, you know, you said coincidence, but I don't believe in any coincidences. You know, I, I think everything happens exactly as it's supposed to. And that clearly was meant to be. And what a, what a great uh, fiddle line in there. And, and he's passed, right? I mean, sadly. Yeah, he did pass. Not, he, um, he had a fire in his, he had a, a uh, instrument, really rare instrument store, and he lost a lot of instruments. And I don't know if that was a, took a toll on him emotionally mm -hmm. and physically, but he, he died the year after the fire. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. Yeah. So that event was the only time you got to meet him and then you did all the communication on the song just remotely? Yep. Yep. I just sent down my recordings to him and he mm -hmm. had his engineer come in and they did it over that. Wow. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Well, that is unbelievable and just so blessed. Uh, it's so magical that, you know, you had the opportunity and as that song, as you write in that song, talk about um, who gave you some of the opportunity to do the album, Pete, some of the folks that contributed um, on, on Better Late Than Never. Well, Dave Short is a good buddy of mine mm -hmm. and a very, very a great guy, a yeah. generous guy. Uh, we we had heard a lot of my songs around the campfire and here and there. And one day he just called me and said, I, I got you some time in a studio to get you started. You need to go record those songs. Mm. And so um, I went in and I recorded a couple and then I just decided, well, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. I went ahead and, and did the rest, did uh, 15 songs yeah. all in the end. Yeah. So, uh, but he got me going and also... One of the members of Cedar Run Band, Russ Oblinger, the bass player, yep. prior to that, had done a couple songs in his basement. He's, he's our uh, real professional musician in the band who was a full career musician. Mm. And he, um, he did uh, a few of the tunes, Be My Hero. Um, Russ is playing on, on bass. Yep. Yeah. And he did the mixing and production of it, too. Uh, love it. And then and he's on Which, which Way, way to, to Go, go also. Yep. Which we're going to feature because those are songs that Cedar Run does. And I want to, when we get to those, I want to talk to Johnny about why, uh, why the band loves those songs. But uh, before we do that, I want to, it's a, an interesting segue, I think, when you talk about, you know, how you had the experience meeting uh, Brian Berline. And this next song, uh, you also <laughs> had an <laughs> opportunity to interact with and, and develop a relationship with uh, pretty musical heavyweight and we'll talk about that when we play and we come back after playing Charlene if we could Wahid off of Pete's debut album Better Late Than Never
Ride the Vibe. That's Charlene, written by Peter Perkins off his debut album, Better Late Than Never. Having a great conversation with John Hartford and Peter of Cedar, the, the Cedar Run Band. And Peter, talk about uh, Charlene. Who's that cat you're referencing in there? Chuck might want to sing George on my mind. Who is that guy? That is uh, Chuck Lavelle, one of your Georgia boys. Ah, yes. Um, who is uh, probably the best and, and most sought keyboard player in the rock world. Yeah. Still. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Play, played with a little band called the Almond Brothers, didn't he? And then uh, some, yeah. some guys called the Rolling Stones or something. Yeah. Rolling Stones. Uh, he toured with Eric Clapton and George Harrison. Yeah. I mean, he's just a monster. John Mayer. He recorded with John Mayer. Mm. Uh, you know, he's just, yeah, and the nicest guy. He was just in Pittsburgh, mm. actually playing at Shorty's again. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and uh, just a super nice guy. We'll talk you know? about the opportunity to get down to uh, Charlene, which is the name of their spread down south of Macon, right? Yep. Well, another friend uh, named Peter Matheson had somehow found this place through another guy in Pittsburgh. They'd gone down and, and happened to see Chuck. Um, the, their plantation, Charlene, which was in his family, Rose Lane, his wife's family. Yeah. Uh, they inherited and they sort of, he's um, taken over as a forestry management project along with a quail hunting facility. Mm-hmm. And so my friend went down there, was lucky enough to have Chuck be there at the time and sort of got to know him, liked him and rounded up another group of us to come down. And he asked Chuck if I could bring my guitar and Chuck yeah. said, sure, bring it on down. So yeah. we, we played for three nights mm. just, you know, around his piano and singing and it was incredible. And then mm. same deal when I did this recording, um, he was kind enough to record on it yeah unbelievable so uh yeah and he sent both an organ and a piano part up it was kind of funny he said well uh i i'm busy at the moment but i'll get to it i've got um dickie bet's son and <laughs> and uh, uh uh not Dwayne, but the other almond uh son coming in they have a band together greg's son greg's son yeah, yeah. my son greg's son yeah coming in um and when they i'll I'll do it the same day i'll do theirs so (laughs) you're in good company yeah oh my that's cool oh my god well and for anybody that has not seen it and you want to get a visual because we're talking about you want to get a visual of charlene a must-see documentary in my humble opinion is the tree man and it features chuck lavelle and rose lane uh, yep. and his and his spread down there and his work that he's doing to preserve forest uh, land, which is just unbelievable. And we were talking uh, before you joined us, Pete, uh, uh, Johnny and I were, about the fact that, uh, you know, Wahid's got a, a publishing arm of this, you know, of this studio here and licenses things and then, you know, helps musicians make money while they sleep. And Charlene yeah. would have been a brilliant song to have on that documentary, Tree Man. Just, yeah, well, I, I've got to talk to Wahid again at some point here. Well, we will, he will make that happen. Hey, we are going to take a very short break to support a sponsor that's near and dear to my heart, Foundation for Premature Infants. And then we're going to be right back and we're going to cue up a song called Amy, you might be familiar with, but a different rendition done by the Cedar Run Band. We'll be right back, y'all. The number of premature infants born in the United States each year, 380,000. That's 9.8% of the total births in the U.S. The Foundation for Premature Infants' mission is to advocate for the right of all premature infants to be cared for in a developmentally supportive and age-appropriate manner. Our vision is to ensure that Premature Infants' Bill of Rights is the standard of care for all babies born prematurely 24 hours per day, 365 days per year on all shifts in every neonatal intensive care unit throughout the world. Please consider making a donation by visiting us on Facebook, Foundation for Premature Infants, or at our website, foundationforprematureinfants.org. You're in for a fun time listening to the talent in the Cedar Run Band from Pittsburgh, PA, with an exclamation mark after that. They have a great sound and have been together a long time. One of my favorite groups of guys. 
And that was Shelly Strickline saying that. So how about that? Thank you, Shelly, for that quote. You guys agree? Thank you, Shelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man well wholeheartedly uh, <laughs> so while we're while we're queuing up uh amy i'm gonna le- i want to have you guys uh since we have a 50th high school reunion coming up hard to believe in pittsburgh uh september 1st or second i guess actually the second second it's second yeah yes. second and shelly has been instrumental along with you john and uh, trish your wife uh, or, yes. organizing this, but, uh, in advance. And so we, we were, you know, excited to get this show in the can so that we could get it out there in the public domain before the reunion. So people can trash talk us at the reunion. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> while we're playing Amy, think about something your fans would like to know about each of you that you've never shared. And then in the meantime, Wahid, if we could cue up Amy by the Cedar run band. Shout out to the late, great Tom Petty. If you haven't heard that song, you need to check that whole album out by Tom. One of my all-time favorites. But at any rate, we are back and we just featured Amy, but done by the Cedar Run Band. Gents, talk about how you pick songs that you want to perform and uh, and the process, if you will. Well, uh, we... You know, Pete and I have been playing a lot of the same songs for 50 years. Yeah. And we have very similar tastes. Interestingly, uh, Joe Birch comes along, and he's um, he's quite a bit younger than we are. Mm-hmm. Has a little bit uh, different uh, taste in music. He's more country. Ah. Um, and uh, does a lot of ballads. And so we incorporated some of his stuff into our um, sets, and uh, we introduced him to a lot of new music, mm-hmm. even though it was, you know, classic rock music. Yeah. A lot of it he had never heard before. Interesting. He, he had really didn't know much of the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we introduced him to a lot of that stuff, Crosby, Stills, Nash, mm-hmm. and... Uh, uh, but the the voices really mesh, yeah, and yeah. Um, he really enjoys playing with us, and vice versa. Um, and he's actually de- doing a lot of solo work. He um, just recently opened up for ELO. Oh wow! Down in Miami, hmm. he's been working with uh, Rich Angler. And do you remember uh, the Caesar Angler Productions up here in Pittsburgh, Michael? I, I, I don't, John. No, 
My time was so on, short, you know, so short in the burn. Yeah, well, they put on a lot of the big shows at the Civic Arena. Ah, okay. Here in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And they, they, uh, uh, Pat DeCesar was the one that brought the Beatles into Pittsburgh. Oh, my God. For the first time. Yeah. And, um, it really took a risk doing that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then he hooked up with Rich Angler, and they brought in all the big acts, uh, Led Zeppelin and Aerosmith. And, mm. um, and so Joe's been working with him. Joe does graphic arts, so he's uh, Rich Angler is still doing uh, promotions, uh, concerts, and uh, Joe's been working with him yeah. and took a liking to him. And so he's asked Joe to open up a few shows. Oh, that's so, unbelievable. And, and yeah. so, I mean, good stuff for Joe. And then, Pete, you got the opportunity to open for Gino Vanelli. Do I have that right? Memory? Yeah, that was through Rich Angler, too. It's through Rich. Wow. So, John, you do three-part harmonies, but then four-part with Mitch when Mitch comes in? Or, or Yeah, uh, Mitch, um, he's um, a, a good singer in his own right. Um, he... Um, he was in the music business uh, before we got to know him, too. He put on um, a lot of the shows. Um, Pete, what? who did he work for again? He was director of uh, arts for Pitts City of Pittsburgh. Ah, that's right. So, nice. And, and he played so in a band. So he worked with a lot of bands and yeah. uh, very yeah. talented percussionist. Yeah. You know, um, we he doesn't use the full set of drums. Mm -hmm. um, he, he plays the cajon, cajon, yeah, uh, and and a lot of hand instruments. But he also uh, has got a great voice. Mm. Adds a lot of top end harmonies w with us, which adds, yeah, I think cool. a lot. Well, I think Peter probably, John, I think Peter probably turned his microphone down because he didn't want to answer that question. He, you guys probably thought I wasn't going to come back to that. Something your <laughs> friends from a fifty, you know, fiftieth reunion. Something they would like to know about you that you've never shared. You want to? Anyone want to venture with that or not? Pete, you can go first there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, John. Oh, uh, uh, wow! Something that. No, I, I, you know, I'm I kidding. You. If you, if you don't want to share anything, that's no problem. Because this, because you know, <laughs> this is the ride, the vibe. <laughs> but here, here, I'll give you another one. This will be another one you can come back with. Uh, we'll come back with after we play uh, which way to go. So you have carte blanche to put together uh, a three-piece band using any musicians dead or alive. So think about that. And then we're going to come back uh, after we hear which way to go. And as I understand it from Pete, John, this is a song uh, that Cedar Run Band likes to do, which way to go of Pete's. And uh, on the album, Better Late Than Never, you've got Russ. And say Russ's last name, Pete. Oblinger. Oblinger. Russ Oblinger is on bass on this song. We'll be right back. Which way to go?
the vibe. Michael Litton, the last DJ. That's Which Way to Go. That is a song off of Peter's album, Better Late Than Never. That's also a song that the Cedar Run Band does. And to cue up my question about the three-piece band, I'd like uh, Peter, after you guys kind of answer that question, it may uh, tie in, but Peter, you had the opportunity to see Stevie Ray Vaughan when uh, there was you were one of one in the audience. And then you also had an opportunity to uh, jump up on stage when Jim Morrison was performing. So are either one of those two cats in your three-piece band or not? Um, you know, they're both good candidates. Yes. Uh, they'd be right at, near the top of the list. Yes. But um, yeah, that was Stevie Ray Vaughan. I went, you know, you remember the Evergreen Hotel, John? I probably told you this. Yeah, I remember well, that, sure. They had an old-fashioned shuffleboard table there, and we'd go down like on a Wednesday night and play shuffleboard and drink some beer. So we went down and I'm playing shuffleboard and all of a sudden the band starts up and there's nobody in the place and, and it just blows me away. I put the shuffleboard down and I went up and sat in about two feet away from this guy and just watched him play the rest of the night. And it was, uh, the band was Double Trouble yeah. from Texas. <laughs> and it was Stevie Ray Vaughan. And I, I recently checked just to say, was that a hallucination? You know, I'm thinking, <laughs> could that really have happened? Was I doing shrooms at the time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sure enough, he played there for a week. Uh, I think it was four nights for $800 back in, in the uh, 1980s. And you were in there with no cover. You're just, you're just in there for free. Yeah, no cover. Jeez. Just, you know, like trying to sell some beers and oh. play some shuffleboard. Oh, my God. And then Morrison. And then the Morrison. Yeah. You're, yeah, that, we, we were, uh, went to the concert and... The, the Doors had been arrested the previous act in Miami for the lewd activities. Yeah. And there's a you know, whole story with that. Yeah. So the concert was canceled in Pittsburgh or delayed. And when they came, it was the first show after. And I had tickets. It was in a hockey rink arena. Ah. I had tickets in front of the front row. And there were cops in every row. And Jim Morrison made a reference to Miami and <laughs> says, you know, grown men... Crying, women screaming, you know, and the crowd goes wild after everyone and it goes, policemen turning in their badges. And somebody yelled, F the pigs, and they broke in to light my fire. Oh my and when God. they did that, everybody in the stadium stood up and charged the stage, but there were cops in every row with billy clubs. <laughs> so they're all in the back, but we were in front of the front row up on the ice ring. I ran down, jumped over the ice ring, ran up, got up halfway on the stage, and Jim Morrison, hopping Chuck Berry style, came over and shook my hand while... <laughs> Singing light my fire. <laughs> and when you say we, you you were uh, on a date with a classmate? Is that, do I have that with right? With Wendy Johnson. So, yeah. we're, uh, John, we're going to corroborate that story with Wendy if she's at the reunion. <laughs> yeah, well, that that was actually my first concert. Oh, you were there I, as well. I, ever, I was there, but I didn't, I wasn't with Peter. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think I barely knew Peter at yeah. the time because yeah. I think we were sophomores at the time. Yeah, Pete? I was at Shady Side. Oh, yeah, man. you were at Shady Side, so I didn't really even know Pete yeah. at the time. Yeah, or barely knew him. Um, but that was my first show. I uh, I was there with uh, Sean Fay uh, and uh, and Paula uh, Paula Mansman. I was there with Mike Hennessy too, and he had Kathy Fay as his date. Ah, I probably shouldn't say this on the radio, but yeah. we both wanted to take Wendy, and I won the coin toss. <laughs> <laughs> well, that will come back to haunt you at this reunion, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Segwaying out of that to get you out of hot water, brother. What <laughs> three-piece band? <laughs> Any thoughts? Or you want to you want to do another? Oh, uh, I'd I'd have to have Dwayne Allman in there oh, uh, yes. for sure. Yes, as my uh, top uh, guitar player. Yes. And I, I'd have to have one of the Beatles in there. Got uh, uh, George. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. it's a toss-up between George and John. Which one do you have? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was a big George fan. Yeah. Um, God bless him. So, you know, they would certainly be my first choices. And then you get one more, John. You can that's have fine. three, or you can just do two. You can well, you know, exercise let's your... let's see. <laughs> uh, you know who I really liked on the piano was Leon Russell. Oh. Yeah, this is a good one. Classic Jumpin' yeah. Jack Flash at uh, yeah. Bangladesh. Yeah, very soulful. Yeah. And um, yeah, great. he passed away just not too long ago, didn't he? Yeah, another one Leon. Too, gone too too soon. Peter, how about you? 
Uh, Harrison was in my band. Okay, yeah. But I was going to put Chuck Lavelle on piano. Ah, yes, yes. And um, a guitarist, I'd have Clapton. I yes, think. yes, yes, of course. I love it. But Chuck's still, still with us here. He he wanted people that have passed on. Oh, no, 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 no. Passed? No, no, either either or. You could, any, they were either oh. alive or dead. Well, I I take Chuck over Le, uh, Leon. Leon any day. <laughs> Chuck, you get two votes, man. <laughs> yeah, he gets two votes from us. I love it. Good. Well, um, we're going to play Lunatic because this is another song that you, the Cedar Run Band covers of Pete's and uh, want to play that. But then uh, give me some thoughts. We're on the 54th anniversary of Woodstock when we come back, uh, the original Woodstock. So give me some thoughts on that when we come back. But if we could, Wahid, let's cue up Lunatic off Peter Perkins' debut album, Better Late Than Never, a song that Cedar Run Band also features. There's a lunatic that lives inside my attic And he makes me do all sorts of foolish things Likes to fill my airwaves full of static And like a puppeteer he pulls my strings And I wish that I could tell him where to go sometime But he always finds a way to change my mind And there's a lunatic Litton, the last DJ, having a great conversation with my friends from Pittsburgh, PA, Cedar Run Band, uh, stalwarts, if you will, Pete Perkins and John Harper. And that was Lunatic off of Pete's album, uh, Better Late Than Never. Absolutely go out and get that CD, 15 classic songs. And Lunatic, I think we can all relate to that, Pete. We all have a little bit of <laughs> Lunatic <laughs> in, in us. So, John, why do you, why does Cedar Run like that song to play? What, what? Uh, it hit, it hits home for sure. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> we all have a little <laughs> lunacy in our. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and we grew up in crazy times yeah, back amen. in the seventies. Amen. To and that. Um, well, and that's a great segue to your thoughts on Woodstock on its, uh, you know, this three day stretch here um, of the fifty fourth anniversary. Peter, John, you want to take that? Touch that. I was in Princeton visiting cousins of mine and um of course back in 1969 i was only uh what 15 years old and um uh, you know didn't know a whole lot about the rock scene but i remember a guy coming back from the show who was a friend of my cousins Mm. and he was just he said I'll tell you who kicked butt yeah. at, at that show yeah. was this guy named Carlos Santana. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, yes. And, and both uh, my cousin and I went off to the record store and bought Santana's yeah. first album. Yeah. yeah. And have since become a big Huge fan, fan of, of his. Yeah. Well, so I was living in California, uh, right before, you know, uh, Northern California, San Francisco Bay Area, right before I moved to meet you all. 
And so Santana was big. That was one of my first eight tracks that I bought, Abraxas. And you guys know the story. I mean, he they only got on stage because they the promoters had to ask Bill Graham out of the West Coast for help because they were they were in way over their head. And Bill Graham said, right. "Yeah, I'll be I'll help you, but I got one uh, you know one stipulation. You have to have this band Santana on stage." And then also a little fun fact. Uh, Santana was not scheduled to go on at the time slot that they ended up going on. And they were given some, I believe it was acid by uh, the, <laughs> the Grateful Dead, Jerry Garcia. Right. And just, and then they get the word, hey, you need to go on because some other acts can't get in because <laughs> the roads are closed. And so Carlos tells the story on some, you know, book and documentary that he felt like his guitar was a snake and he just was hanging onto that thing for dear life. <laughs> and of course, of course well, Michael Shreve. The green acid. Yeah. yeah Michael <laughs> Shreve on drums was like one of the youngest players there at uh, 17, 16 years old. Yeah. Well, Pete, thoughts on Woodstock as we wrap up here? I was all into it. I mean, I wish I could have gone, but I was, I was too young and there were two things, memories I have. One was I wanted to go see it the movie when it came out, but I was too young because it was a, a a 18 and over oh, yes. kind of rating. Yes. yes. So my mother had to go with me, which was <laughs> a really big mistake. <laughs> I think I opened her eyes to some things that might have been going on. Yeah, yeah. God bless. And she's still alive. Your mom just celebrated her birthday. She still is alive. Yeah. Yep, still is alive. Oh, my God. And um, <laughs> the other thing I remember was there was a record club called the Columbia Record Club. Yes. And if you joined the record club, you got three free albums. Yes. And my three free albums was the Woodstock album. Ah. Because it was three. Three, three, three albums. Three, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I don't know whether you guys worked on the float. So, you know, I, I, I get there my junior year. So I only spent two years with y'all in high school, but, you know, got in working on the floats. And one of the houses were the, the float. I don't, I think it was probably senior year, maybe Pete, but they had that album. And I kept queuing up going home by uh, 10 years after because that album, right. Lee, <laughs> so yeah, guitar work was in there another, was just so spectacular. Well, yeah, gents, it's just yeah. been a gas. Ton of fun. Can't wait to see you all in a couple of weeks. And uh, any parting comments? Oh, I do do want to ask you, uh, what's next? What uh, What's coming up with Cedar the Cedar Run Band? What do you guys got going? Well, we have a, a, a gig at Hartwood Acres County Park yep. coming up yep. uh, in August 25th. Okay. And then on the, the following Sunday of Labor Day weekend, we're playing uh, for a, a friend's, he has a, Concert, outdoor concert, yeah. uh, John Vento's. That's the weekend of the reunion, right, Pete? Yes. Yeah, the day after the reunion. So anybody, what, what do they call it? And, and he calls John? it Corbra Woodstock. Ah, look at that, the tie-in. Yep. So anybody yeah. coming for the reunion that's looking for something to do, it sounds like uh, checking out the Roberto Clemente Museum and then also seeing Cedar Run Band at this uh, venue on, that's on Sunday, y'all? Is that? Yes. Yep. Sunday. Yep. Two good options. I love it. I love it. And then I also picked up uh, that there may be a uh, album in the works, a Cedar Run band album. Did I get that right, perhaps? We're going to try and do some recording. I I'm uh, trying to write some stuff. Yeah. I've got to focus my attention on it. Yeah. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's my next goal. I love and it. Well, Wahid and I, I'd love to have you back in when you get that project done and uh, feature that because I know it'll be stellar. You guys are the bomb. Thank you so much. All right. You're a cat head, man. Thank you. <laughs> Good call, Peter. And if you, if you got to tell me if you find some cat head in Pittsburgh, because if you don't, I'll bring some up from, uh, for the reunion. <laughs> All right. All right, Sounds we're out of here. Thanks, guys. All right. All right, buddy. All right. See you, John. Four See you. See you, Pete. God.